Father, now I ask that you would just speak, that this would not be of me but you. Help us to know your mind. Help us to feel your blessing and your spirit move in this place. As we look at a story and different aspects of it that we have known all of our lives, Lord, reveal some new truth that's always been there with you. Help us to know your mind and your heart. We lift this up and we pray in your name, Jesus. Every heart said, amen. Amen. Um, When I was younger, much younger, I was like most kids in my elementary school, and there was only one thing that I wanted for Christmas. Now, if I said it now, it would be funny because it's so old and it makes me feel old. But I wanted a Super Nintendo. A Super Nintendo where Mario rode Yoshi, where everything was cool. It had the the old cartridges, right? It had 16-bit gaming color. It was awesome. I had relationships with friends solely based on the fact that they owned a Super Nintendo and I didn't. That was the only reason we were friends. On the playground, I remember my friends who had one would talk about games that I hadn't even heard of. They would talk about secrets to levels. They would talk about all of these things and I would feel like my life is not complete until I get a Super Nintendo. So, started getting closer to Christmas. What do I ask for? Of course, a Super Nintendo. I beg my mom and dad, we really need one of these. You don't understand what it would do for my life if I only had a Super Nintendo. I am not ashamed to tell you I lusted after this like I've never lusted after anything more. I wanted it so bad. My life was going to be complete. And my social status, I knew, was going to rise. I would be one of the cool kids if I only had a Super Nintendo. Now, how ridiculous does that sound? To me at that time, it did not. It was deadly serious. And so as we got closer and closer to Christmas, I would make a Christmas list. You know, if you had kids or been around kids, they make Christmas lists. And we would sit on the floor with the Toys R Us catalog. Anybody remember the Toys R Us catalog, right? It's this huge thing, and there was toys everywhere, right? Toys R Us is, you know, it's a thing of the past now, which is very sad. But we'd sit on the ground, and we'd cut out, right, the pictures, not knowing that, you know, my mom and dad needed the information of where to buy them, but we would, you know, paste the pictures on our Christmas list so that they knew exactly what they wanted to buy us, what we wanted them to buy us. And we would ask Santa for it, and we would over and over again say these things. And I remember my brother and sister, they had a couple other things they wanted. And I always thought, I grew up in a house with two other brothers and a sister, so four kids. And I always thought, okay, I know that maybe Santa won't give this to me because he's never given a video game system before, so I don't expect one now, but maybe mom and dad would. So, so let me figure out what I can put on my list so it'll offset the cost of my gift so that they don't have to buy me as many presents if they just gave me the one present, right? I was scheming in my head. How, how do I get this? If I put a Super Nintendo and just one game with it, you know, I could say that's, that's all I want, and I would be happy. I would be so, so happy if they got it. 
We got closer and closer to Christmas, and I remember my mom and dad asking, what do you want for Christmas? And I say, Super Nintendo. What else do you want for Christmas? Super Nintendo. What do you want for Christmas that you can use? A Super Nintendo. That's all I want. What do you not understand about this? I want a Super Nintendo. Well, Christmas came that year, and we'd run out of our rooms, and we'd say, big tree, and all of these presents under it, and we'd see what Santa brought us, and I immediately started looking, because I knew the size of the box a Super Nintendo came in. I was positive of it. I knew what it looked like. I knew what size the game cartridges came in from the packaging, because I had done all my research. So as I looked through the boxes, and I'm pulling everything out, and, oh, this one's small, that's not it, this one's big, and bring something out that looked like a Super Nintendo. And it said to Cameron, love mom and dad. And I thought, God loves me. I'm going to get it. Life is complete. And we had to ask permission. So I had to wait my turn, right? You have to wait your turn to open the presents because mom and dad want to see who's opening what. You can't just have a mad dash and wrapping paper everywhere. I waited my turn. And I just couldn't bear it. And I opened one little part and opened it and it black box. And I thought, oh, the Super Nintendo comes in a black box. And I opened it a little bit more and a little bit more. And I unwrapped it and I looked up. I said, Why do I need rollerblades? <laughs> what? I didn't ask for rollerblades. Now, I had about four seconds of that before my mom and dad were like, excuse me, you're not going to be grateful for your Christmas gifts, right? And then if you've had kids and they're not grateful for Christmas gifts, you're like, well, I'll just take them all back. I'm like, No, 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 wait, I do want, they're awesome. Let me put them on and I'll go. But I didn't get a Super Nintendo. And I had friends when I went back after Christmas break, they got a Super Nintendo or they got all these new games. And I didn't get one. And I learned something. Life went on. I was mad. Oh, I was mad. My parents didn't get me what I wanted. But life went on. I wish I could tell you that, you know, the rollerblades were the coolest thing I got that year. And oh, I, I, I had so much fun with them. I don't remember. Okay, honestly, I don't remember. That, I may have gotten something else cool that year. But I don't remember. But I do remember life went on. And I do remember just a couple months later watching TV when you had a channel changer and you didn't couldn't record things a commercial on Nickelodeon that Nintendo had announced they were going to release in the fall a Nintendo 64 and I thought yes my parents must have known they knew they've got some in line into Nintendo. They know what's going on, and I'm going to get a Nintendo 64 next year for Christmas. Next year came around. All the same feelings came in. All the same ones. No Nintendo 64. It wasn't for another year that they actually did get us a Nintendo 64 when I had given up on the fact that they would. If I only had blank, everything would be right in the world. For me, at different times, it's been money. It's been a video game system. Love. Another person to spend Christmas with. 
warmth, a new job, whatever's in that blank is the hole that we're waiting to be filled. We're waiting for something to fill that hole. You see, we still make Christmas lists, lists today. Right? My family has an app called Giftster where you can put a link to what you want in there and you can buy it and check off. And so you don't know what people have gotten you, but you know what you've gotten every other person. And I found myself the other day uh, looking at my list and right next to each item was the price for each item. And I'm like, oh, that's too expensive. Not, nobody's going to get me that. Let me, let me find something a little bit cheaper than that. And I'll, I'll put that up. And, and I was being ingenuine to myself because really and truly I want a new truck. Okay. <laughs> let me just be honest with you. I want a new truck. If you've got like $50,000 and just, well, actually, you know, we might need it for this church thing right now. God will provide me a new truck at some point, maybe. But I, I started to play back and forth about what I really wanted and what I didn't want. And I started to look and think, what is it on this list that I'd be really excited about opening on Christmas morning? And my kids keep asking me, what, Dad, what do you want for Christmas? What do, you, what do you really want for Christmas? And I'm not being ingenuine or trying to pass myself on the bat. Really, I just want them. I want my kids. I want my wife. I want to all be together on Christmas in a warm house and see joy on all their faces. That is my Christmas gift, and that would make my life complete. And that is also not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough for me. It's not enough for us. It's not enough for what God actually intended. If you'd open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 11. I'm going to read kind of an extended passage, starting in verse 1. It says, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with his breath his lips shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins, and faithfulness the belt of his waist. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard lie down with the young goat, the calf with the young lion and the fatling together, a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the wean child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy all my holy mountain, for all the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. This is a prophecy that God gave Isaiah about Messiah, about a Savior. And we talk about Christmas, and we talk about a gift, and we talk about Jesus in all of these ways, 
We talk about him saving us from, these, from our sins. We talk about the gospel. That's, that's all true. It's, and I won't diminish any of that. But God said and gave a picture of something we can't even fathom. We can't think of a lion laying down next to a lamb unless there's a lot of blood. I would not let my child reach his hand into a cobra's hole. We are still at war with each other and with God and living in a fallen world. And the key that God gave is he said, I'm going to set it all right. I'm going to make everything better. I'm going to make it so good that you have no idea. You can't even imagine how good it's going to be. The whole earth's going to, be, going to know me. We're going to have fellowship together. All of these things that are at war with each other are going to settle down. There will be no more hunger. There will be no more poor. There will be no more pain because I am going to be with you. God is going to send a gift so big that it's going to fill some holes in our heart. You see, Christmas is it's more than presents, and we know it's more than presents. It's more than just the story of how he came. It's more than the wise men. It's more than the angels that announced him. It's more than a dad that didn't believe and had a son with an old woman. It's, it's, it's more than all of those. You see, it's the start of a promise of something better. It's a start of a promise of God saying, I have not given up on you. I haven't given up on my earth. And I haven't given up knowing that you are all suffering and I want to make it better. I want to end the suffering is what God wants. I want to make it so good that you cannot imagine anything else or anything different is what God truly wants for you. That is why we have such expectation at Christmas. That's why we say, you know, don't fight. It's Christmas time. How can you be sad? It's Christmas time. How can you be angry? It's Christmas time. Don't you hear the carols? Which I know some people, you hear Christmas carols. It makes you angry. You're sick of them. I understand, but I'm not one of those people. It makes me happy. You see the, the mistletoe around and you see presents and everybody's getting ready to be giving and loving because it's Christmas time. And we have all of these feelings and you, you think, wait a minute, if, if Christmas time is a promise to all of this and we're all supposed to be better, how can I see it? How do I see that it's supposed to be better? Because all I see around me right now is, is hardship, is suffering, it's, it's, it's hard right now and it's cold and I, I don't know that I can look back and see it. I don't know that I can look back and say, okay, Christmas, there was a marked difference here because of Christmas. Poor little guy. Back in around 1914, about five months into the First World War, the world stood in horror because the death toll had been so much greater than anybody had ever seen before. And the front lines had become this place where they would dig out pits and the mud would freeze and then thaw and then freeze and thaw. And everyone was in misery and there would be this stretch they would call no man's land and you couldn't get out among that and it was horrible. 
It was horrible. And December rolled around. And over the stretch of a couple weeks in the middle of the night, sometimes in broad daylight, you would hear singing from one side. You would hear Christmas carols. You would see white flags coming. And slowly, these two sides that had been doing nothing but killing each other for months and with no end in sight came out of their trenches and put their guns down. They exchanged tobacco, which is what they had at the time, coffee, chocolate. There was reports that soccer was being played on the lines. Now, I have no idea why someone has a soccer ball in the trenches in World War I, but there's reports that German and British soldiers, German and French soldiers, put down their weapons and played a game together. Why? Because they knew Christmas meant something more. They looked across those lines at somebody that they were supposed to be killing and said, you know, they want to be with their family too. They realized that there's something not right about this place. And it took incredible bravery for that first person to step out of that trench towards the enemy and not get mowed down. Why? Because Christmas means something better. Christmas is supposed to signify something that is better than anything we could have ever seen. And you look back in the Old Testament, you say, okay, God's, God said all these things, but he was also, you know, he, he was judgmental. He, he, he put down his wrath. And, you know, this God, if he really came in human form, if he really promised us a Messiah, isn't there a lot of wrath and, and violence associated with that too? He says, yeah, there's judgment there. But listen to what else God says in Isaiah 42. It says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. Listen here. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. You know, that's old King James language sometimes. If you think about a reed, I think about these little cattail things where they're, they've got a bigger head and they do a body, and then sometimes just the wind will blow and they'll, they'll break down, or you know, it's easy to just run your hand over them and they'll break because they're so top-heavy. And God says, I know how burdened you truly are. I know the pressures that you have, and I'm going to be so gentle that even though you are a reed, even though you have no strength in of yourselves, I won't break you. I'm not going to break you. And he goes on to say that a smoking flax he will not quench. The flax or the, the, the smoking flax, what he means there is as a candle burns all the way down. Has anybody burned a candle all the way down in a while? Right? It doesn't happen very often, but you, you can. You burn it all the way down to the bottom. And the only thing that's left is just, just a little bit of wax and just, just a tiny little bit of wick. And, and it's, not, it's not long before it's going to go out. Why? Because all the fuel's gone. It's not burning wax anymore. But he says, a smoldering flax is a better translation. Just this, 
this tiny little bit of light, I won't make it go out. Even though you have no fuel left, you've got nothing else in you, I'm going to make it more. You see, the gift that we were supposed to anticipate in Christmas is not on lists. Nothing's going to make it better. Nothing's going to make us feel complete until we understand the full weight of what God wants in our lives. You see, Christmas is the gift of the promise, and it will be the deepest fulfillment of our soul. I can't stand up here and tell you that your Christmas is going to be perfect. You might have in-laws or outlaws that, that are coming to visit you and they're not great. And maybe you haven't gotten along in years. Or maybe you haven't talked to your kid in a while and it's, there's too much pain there. Maybe there's financial difficulties. Maybe there's physical difficulties. Maybe, maybe the list goes on and on and on. And I can tell you that if you're looking at all of those things, and if you just say, God, I, if I just had this, I would be okay. If, you just, if I just had this, my world would be better. You are looking at a small piece of the pie. And I don't mean that to minimize your pain. It's real. I understand that. And your want and needs are real. I get that. But you are still looking at the smallest part instead of looking at the biggest part. Because the biggest part is God saying, I know your heart. I know your burden. I know the weight that this world has gotten down upon you. But I'm going to come and I will walk with you. I will come so you can see me. I will come so you can touch me. I will come so you can read the words that I actually said. I will come so that I can hold you. I will come. And so Christmas is quite literally the gift that God's promise came. It is a gift that means more to us, and it is a gift that means more to everyone around us than we could possibly imagine. So this year, when you're thinking about what, what you want for Christmas, what you want to give to, for Christmas, what you want to maybe do in light of your family for Christmas, how much bigger can you make it? How much better can you make it by just looking to Him? And I don't mean pour money, more money into presents. I don't mean go rack up more credit card debt for that. I don't mean any of that. I mean, if you've got somebody in your house with you that you just don't and can't get along with, how deep can you de dig to find the promise and the son of promise and know that he is going to give you that strength like that smoldering flax to get through. If there's people around you that have been hurting you, I would invite you, bring it to the Father. If you've been depressed and you felt like he's, he's against you, bring that to the Father. Because his, his gift is so great. We're going to come back to John Start for, well, John 1, starting in verse 9, says that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into this world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, 
To them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe his name were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The promise of God is that. The only begotten Son, supernaturally conceived from eternity past to eternity future, coming and embodying a child so that you can behold His glory, full of God's never-ending and abounding grace and truth in your life. Christmas means this gift is yours. Christmas means this gift came for you. That he stepped out of heaven and into a body and gave himself as a helpless baby to people he knew would hurt him. If a God, of all, an all-powerful God of the universe, is willing to go to that length to be with you, how big of a Christmas present do you think he counted it when his son came into the world? He has gone to great lengths to be with us. He has gone to great lengths to show us the promise. And the reason that we can't see it now is we are still holding on to hope that the lion will lie down with the lamb, that everything's going to be made right. God made that promise and he confirmed that promise when Jesus was born into the world. When Jesus came, God says, I have not forgotten about that and I will make everything right. So this morning as we get ready to partake in communion, as we get ready to think about Christmas and going through and what all, what all of this means, expand what you think Christmas is. Know that he has not given up on you and he will never give up on you. You are his and he will go to the ends of the earth to find you. I'm going to invite Pastor Kevin up now and we're going to go through communion. And as you, as you do that, if there was anything there that was in that blank space, we talked about if I only had blank, everything would be right from the world. Look at that and say, what is that? Is that Jesus? Is that, is that really him? Or is there something else there? And if it's something else there, ask God, make my desire more. Make my desire more for you. More for what you are, more for what you've promised.